M1 is the finance super app that puts you in control of your wealth. Invest, borrow, save, and spend your money how you want with sophisticated automation tools to help you reach your financial goals more easily. 2021 is about rebuilding, building health, building wealth, and everything in between. I've been using M1 for years to manage my long-term investment portfolio. M1 lets me follow some of the top performing hedge funds like Code 2 and balance my pie based on what the pros are doing. It's truly my favorite investing app in the world. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. Welcome to Technory Podcast. I'm Scott Katoon. On today's show, we catch up with Beam Dental founder and CEO Alex Frommeyer. Beam Dental. I really like this. It reminds me a lot of several of the insure tech companies I've spoken to in the past here, whether that's Clear Cover, Cover Wallet, Kin Insurance. Um, I'm missing one. I'm missing like six, so I'll leave it. Beam is a digital provider. You're making it much easier for businesses to provide actual quality dental insurance. And this seems like a boring, weird topic, but it's not because of a handful of things. One, most of the time you look at insurance, especially dental insurance as a, oh shit, I have to have a root canal instead of thinking of it as preventative, using your insurance to keep yourself healthy. It's weird to me that dental insurance has kind of been avoided and ignored over the past five or so years, six, eight years of disruption in insurance because almost all doctors will tell you that your dental hygiene, your dental wellness is a clear indicator of your physical overall wellness. And so it would seem to me that you would start with low hanging fruit, which in my mind is your mouth. And that's the easiest place to go. Dental insurance and to lesser degree, eye insurance has been something that's sort of a like extra benefit you offer your employees. And that's another part of this. When we were all going to work every day, I kind of understood the person who was like, yeah, unless there was an emergency, I didn't have time to go get my teeth checked or to go get a dental appointment set up or, or even an eye exam. It's, I, I get it. From the work from home world, you now have a lot more freedom with your schedule with the exception of COVID and restrictions. And so in the future, as we have this sort of hybrid work from home, people are going to be able to utilize these benefits more frequently, which should make them more valuable. Most insurance companies are operating on a PEPM model, which is a per employee model, meaning if they sell into the business and the employees don't utilize the service, the business will usually kill the deal, which sucks for the business. If you are Beam and you're offering top line dental and people are using it and you then offer them other services like I, like life insurance and other things, you are more sticky. And therefore, you should conceivably be more successful. And Beam has been. They've been growing like a weed since they launched in 2014. They now have over 250 employees. And the company is in their Series D. They've raised a ton of capital. And you can see why. In this conversation, we explored a whole bunch of stuff, not just talking about my ridiculous root canal story, but also talking about the fact that the future of work, I think, has a lot to do with where we are from a dental insurance standpoint. I think we're going to be looking at benefits completely differently. I think we're going to be looking at benefits from a standpoint of, can I use this and how does it impact my life? Not, 
is there kombucha or do we have ping pong or can I take a longer vacation? How can you help me live? I think it's interesting. I think this is a cool conversation. I could see this company being everywhere in the not too distant future. So with that said, this is my conversation with the founder and CEO of Beam Dental, Alex Frommeyer. Beam Dental is the first and only digitally native dental insurance company. What that means from our perspective inside the walls at Beam every day is that dental insurance that you're getting from your employer as an employee benefit should be three key concepts, easy, smart, and preventive focus. Easy from our perspective is everything digital. We're focused on building a customer experience across quoting, implementation, enrollments, claims processing, customer support, and everything in between that's digital, it's automated, it's a beautiful and delightful consumer experience. Smart is our approach to underwriting. We've built our own proprietary underwriting models and we have the most precise and tailored prices that's reflective of our ability to predict claims consumption in the future. And we leverage that machine learning based model uh, to give us an edge and, and differentiation in pricing. And then preventive is probably the most fun part of our business. Beam offers a connected electric toothbrush to all of our members that want it. It's part of a dental wellness program, the first and only in our market. And just like an Apple watch that you might have with a health insurance wellness program focuses on taking those small healthful actions every day, in this case, just simply brushing your teeth and turning it into uh, underwriting insights for us in the business, but also a way to reward our members. If you're brushing your teeth every day, you should get credit for it. Same way when I swipe my credit card, I expect to get some cash back. The same idea just applied to boring old dental insurance. It, uh, I'm glad you said Apple Health because my brain, we talked to so many insurance tech companies in Chicago. Uh, we got to get you guys in Chicago, some HQ or something. That's we, we're, we're rolling in insure tech, although you guys have a pretty solid setup there. Long Columbus. Too, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, by you guys in Columbus, you're good as well. Um, and Cincinnati, I think, also has a decent little hub going. Um but what it drew to me was like the car stuff. You're monitoring your driving. If you're driving smart, you should get credit for not getting tickets and for driving the speed limit and buckling your seatbelt and things like that. Dental, you know, I, I know nothing about the dental space other than having gone to the dentist. Um, I have a couple of friends who are dentists. If you want to be on the wrong side of things, it seems like it can be taken advantage of. And if you want, if you're on the right side of things, it feels like you're getting taken advantage of. And so I think this is, this is one of those weird spaces that it looks like you guys obviously have raised a bunch of capital. You're growing fast, hundred plus employees, so forth. It, it feels like you guys are right in the sweet spot of a major opportunity because dental for whatever reason, it's actually, we'll talk about it on the show, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to me because you talk about dental wellness, oral wellness is relative to your physical and overall wellness. It's so linked Yes. And it, it's always funny to me that that's like, to me, that's a front line. Like that's where I would start. And yet it, it seems like it's been just sort of left, left out on the side. Like, well, if you get dental or you get eye insurance from your work, like great. And if not, you know, you're screwed or whatever. It, it's weird that it's been left out. And it seems like you're covering this in a way that I would cover. If I was disrupting any insurance company, this is what I would do. So it seems really smart. We talk about beam as telematics for your teeth. So yeah. it's that concept that started in auto insurance, which is, what if you could capture driver behavior and turn it into underwriting insights about the likelihood of getting in a wreck? Yeah. 
Makes sense. And we've applied that to the dental insurance space. The reason why people feel like dental insurance isn't the value they expect it to be is because of A, the lack of other carriers focus on preventative care. They yep. cover cleaning with the dentist, but that's easy to do. That doesn't take creativity. What does is really having a comprehensive approach to preventative care over a much longer period of time than getting an annual cleaning at the yep. dentist. And then the second reason is because dental insurance is not just insurance for an unforeseen event, like a root canal that you didn't know you were going to need. But check on that. I got yeah. that one checked. Right. Uh, good, I guess. Uh, it was also, emergency, so it was good, but Jesus, was it terrible. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, dental insurance is also a benefit as well. Part of the product is meant to be consumed. And so whether or not you then consume the benefit uh, changes the way you might perceive the value of the coverage that you're paying for. And in other lines of insurance, uh, think about home insurance. Your house either catches on fire and it's a catastrophic loss and your insurance company's there to save the day, or you pay that premium every month for 30 years Nothing. and never use it. And it was a total waste of money, but that is the essence of catastrophic protection. Dental insurance just has a component that is catastrophic protection and a component that is a benefit. And so it confuses the consumer. Beam's whole goal is to simplify the experience, help folks better understand it and better understand how to use it because we're incentivized to have uh, be invested in a person's long-term dental health, just like a person is. And to your point, there's an impact to your total body health. It's not just about your teeth and gums. Yeah. It's about its effect on heart disease, diabetes, care management, and a whole host of other things. It's funny, you know, like, I guess if I had, there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to get right, obviously, and you guys have done really well so far. The, to me, the standing out piece of this is educating or I guess rewriting history on how people view it. Because when, when I look at, like, for me, I mean, the root canal, not that this is pertinent to the conversation per se, but you know, I, I was playing basketball, I don't know, several years ago, I'd started a business. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any insurance. I had some insurance, but like, it was the kind of insurance where like, unless you really screw yourself up, you don't go and use it unless you really need to. And I cracked a tooth. Somebody hit me underneath the chin and I broke a tooth and I just rolled with it. Like it was a back uh, molar and it cracked. And then eventually a piece broke. And I just, I literally just went with it. And like, I'm sure there was some pain in there. And I, I don't know, I just drank or something. I'm not sure what happened, but I ignored it. And then literally my wife has the best insurance on the planet. She's a high school teacher and we are coming up to about a month before our wedding. And every week or so I'd get that real sharp pain. You're like, Oh man, something's not this as they're infected, like whatever. And my buddy is a dentist and he ultimately did the, did the deal. But like, he's like, I help you. Like you're going to help. It's still going to owe you multiple thousand. Like it doesn't matter how much you write off of this. And so I kept waiting and waiting and literally the morning before the, the morning of the wedding, I woke up and I texted my wife and I'm like, she's not, you know, we're not in the same, same place because it's wedding day, whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be good. I might have to have some cocktails before because uh, it hurts so bad. I, I can almost not stand up. Wow. It is brutal. And so I, I went to, I don't, what is it? Is it light? What's the, what do you get when like store over the counter 
stuff you can swear. I don't know if you're obviously probably not a dentist, but like whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally drove to Walgreens on the way downtown to meet her and like went nuts with it. I couldn't feel half my face. So I'm doing the vowels and I'm talking. I have no idea what's coming. And it worked out. And then like a week later, it I woke up and it was, we, this wasn't even negotiable. I texted my buddy. I was like, I just got married. She has insurance. We'll fill out paperwork. Like you can backdate it, whatever you got to do. And I went in there and he did an emergency snip and we came back and did the root canal afterward. And he was like, now that you have insurance, there's like nine things that you should probably work on. And I know it's stupid and you don't like to come to the dentist, but if you do this now, the latter 20 years, you will do nothing and you'll love it. And it kind of, it hit me then. And I was like, oh man, I don't think anyone thinks of it that way. I think they're always like, when something happens, shit happens. You're like, oh man, I got to go. When in reality, if you have insurance, like you guys are providing, you would be stupid to not go and do preventative maintenance on your teeth, just like you would anything else. If you were getting blurry vision, you'd go in. If you were having whatever physical issue, you'd be going in. And so like, I think you guys are providing the opportunity for people to do that, but also to educate people and change their viewpoint of, of dentistry. I think that's a big component. I think that's why you see people, you know, when they get on Medicaid, all of a sudden they go in and they get a bunch of stuff or like that middle, like 35 to 45, they just, their, their stuff goes to shit because they don't either, they didn't know they could do it or they just couldn't do it. Yeah. There's, you know, tons of, there's tons in there and you know, your, your situation's even, you know, interesting because of the kind of emergency nature of it. And you you know, you being in meaningful pain throughout the process is also, you know, that, that absolutely happens, but you know, the run of the mill dental maintenance work that should be happening is a result of education. One, it's a commitment to preventative care, both at home, which is like brushing and flossing every day, and then preventative maintenance at the dentist, which is getting routine cleanings, oral exams, you know, kind of seeing, and you're you're lucky you have a friend who's kind of advising you as well, uh, who's saying, hey, if you let this go, if you let this fester, it's going to turn into a more painful, more expensive procedure down the road. So we can do the less painful, less expensive version of it right now and take care of it. He, he didn't have to do a lot of explaining. I sat in the chair yeah, you, and, you didn't and 30, 30 seconds into this, this was when he was snipping the nerve 30 seconds into it. He goes, listen, man, is this big, strong dude, right? He's, I've known this kid since college. He's like, it's okay. You're going to have tears. You can grab my arm. You can squeeze whatever you just grab and hold. Cause like, I'm just going to tell you, this is going to suck. And he went in and started digging in. Oh my God, there wasn't enough Novocaine in the shop to cover what would like the pain. And immediately afterward was fine. Right. Cause once it was snipped, it was done, but then he had to go in and do it again. And it was, it was because, you know, I didn't have a choice. I didn't really have insurance. that was going to cover this in the beginning. So like I, there wasn't much I could do. I probably should have gone in anyway, but bottom line was going forward, that's not going to happen. And I understand the concept of the dental insurance now to the point where it's like, okay, I should go in and anytime like cavities, just make sure, just clean your teeth. Like just make sure your stuff is good because it like in anything else in life, it always ends super painfully. And I think you're worried that the preventative, and this is for even the uninsured, if, if you think that the preventative maintenance cost is going to stack up, you have no idea what the corrective cost is. It's way more. Whatever I would have paid to just have like a couple things, I could have got a couple hundred bucks a pop, 
it wouldn't have been nearly as expensive as what it ended up being. Not for me because I had insurance, but if I did not, it would have been crazy. No different than your car, right? You let yeah, the, totally. the oil change for 30 bucks, uh, then Worth you're it. placing a transmission for 3000 Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So I have to ask, like, how did you get into this? Are you insurance? Are you dental? Do you have great teeth? That's the other question. I didn't, I didn't actually look. You look like you have pretty nice teeth. I do. I yeah, think I smile. That'll work. It works in these days of Zoom first everything, right? I figure, you know, you got to do a call to raise money and the guy opens his yap and he's got janky teeth. It's like, well, wait a minute, you're so dental insurance. <laughs> Day one starting beam, I don't, I don't think I thought of that, but it, it comes up so often that I'm, I'm glad that it just happens to be that the nice enough, you know, everybody's looking for it. They're like, well, they are when, when you open up the deck and it says beam dental, the first thing I'm doing is like, yeah, like check this. <laughs> the business has grown dramatically over the past um, few years, and it's everything you talked about with preventative care. And you know the, you know where where we head next as a company is continuing to add products and features to this digital first chassis with a focus on employee benefits. Where uh, we distribute two groups, so employers of various sizes, as small as two people, all the way up to 2000 people. And uh, that forms the basis for why we exist, which is innovation inside dental insurance, and now other employee benefits products like vision insurance and um, group life and disability as well. Your background then? So prior to all this stuff, were you spending time in insurance or what was the background? Yeah, my, so my background's actually in, not in insurance, it's not in employee benefits, and it's not even in dental. Uh, we have a lot of family members, my co-founders and I, a lot of family members in dentistry. My sister's a dentist, she married a dentist, and he comes from a whole family of dentists. Uh, one of the other co-founders, his mom's a dental hygienist. But we, uh, the three of us, are just engineers by training. Yeah. We met in engineering school. We had an entrepreneurial bug, but didn't know what to do with it early on. And it was right as the Affordable Care Act was being passed and healthcare reform was a pretty hot topic. And so we saw the opportunity for technology and healthcare to um, interact in a way that they hadn't previously. We now call this digital health and it's a huge industry, but at the time, 10 years ago, it was a, an idea. Yeah. And we saw the opportunity via our family members to focus not just on healthcare and technology intersection, but dental as a sub-segment of healthcare. And we were really, we felt kind of alone actually for many years that we seem to be the only people thinking about innovation and differentiation in what is a $75 billion market. I mean, it's not that dental's a small industry. It is. Oh. It just looks small. It's the sleepy little corner of, of health. We got more dentist office in Glen Ellen, downtown Glen Ellen, where I live. There's one in every corner. There's more dent, there's more dental office than there are Starbucks. Yeah, a fun fact, and this is literal, uh, Chicago is the densest per capita city for dentists. In the I country. believe it. We do a lot of talking here. So our yeah, teeth are a lot of talking. And the American Dental Association's office is in the loop. Yep. It's, um, you know, kind of the epicenter of all things dental. So did I hear you? Did you say that you see a line here? It's more than Beam Dental. There's Beam other, other things you guys are working on now? Yeah, so we started you know, with most dental insurance is distributed as an employee benefit. So we started introducing ourselves to brokers uh, who are distributing employee benefits like dental insurance and uh, our uh, clients, uh, employers of various sizes. And we started successfully selling our, you know, tech enabled dental insurance early on. 
And then they started telling us, you know, feedback from the market was, what else do you do? I'd love to do more with you guys because, you know, that digital first approach, which has obviously been the norm in many other industries, it ain't there in insurance. I mean, it is, it's starting to become more of the norm today, but, you know, there's a long way to go in just the digitization of insurance broadly. And so many of our clients and brokers said, hey, if you can bring us other compelling employee benefits products, we'll work with you and partner with you on not just the dental, but anything else you have. So other employee benefit products that are very popular, like vision insurance or life and disability, we've added to our product suite. And so now Beam has five different lines of coverage that we sell to those same employers and through those same broker partnerships. So it makes a lot of sense for the client. And for us, it's an opportunity to deepen that partnership, higher retention, more lifetime value. And so it's a great partnership. Makes sense. And so I, I'm assuming you're on kind of a PEPM model as far as like how, how you sell into the businesses. Exactly. And, and, it, and in that case, it makes even more sense, right? That you're running all these different ops because the, if some if one company doesn't, for whatever reason, their employees aren't heavily dental and the other group is, you know, I, and they can build a, an employee package. That's just the tops. And, and if you can stream it all into one shot, they can probably reduce their costs. Even exactly. More. It's, it's about cost reduction. And it's also about, you know, a, an insurance carrier relationship that you trust and uh, you know, the tools that we provide, the visibility, the portals, the mobile experience, the wellness program, that's all really attractive to today's modern employers. They're looking for that because remember, the whole point of employee benefits is attraction and retention of talent. And, you know, the talent wars are, are just beginning, really. I mean, there's that, that is the game for many employers and their ability to have a differentiated benefits program is critical to their success in that attraction and retention space. I actually think it's going to be really interesting after this COVID stuff, work from home combo, because you're already seeing, I'm, I'm, I want to, it wasn't Salesforce. There's another company that just recently came out about it and said that they're going to be paying New York and San Francisco, LA salaries, regardless of where you live. If you live in LA, you're, you're like, you're going to get, it, we're not going to change your salary because you moved to the mountains, like essentially. And I think you're going to start to see this clamoring for, for offering exceptional coverage that all of the competitive, you know, let's just say, for example, I wanted to work for Salesforce is a terrible example because they're so huge, also huge, but very centralized Epic, Epic healthcare. Like, so they're in Madison. I don't want to live in Madison, but Epic actually is also a terrible example <laughs> because they are mostly not work from home, but let's pretend for a second that they were. If I wanted to work for Epic, and I lived not in Madison, I didn't want to live in Madison, they could conceptually offer packages for me that are better than any other employer that might exist around wherever I live. Let's say I live in a rural area. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is the ability to offer benefits that are localized used to be the thing like, oh, come to Chicago, come work here, work at this company. We offer this. They don't. That's now a free-for-all. Now it's like you can work conceptually, you could work from anywhere and people are going to want to bring in people and offer them the best care across the board, regardless of what it is. And you stand to benefit extremely in that just based on the fact that you're digital health, but also that you offer a multitude of it's services. Why, it's exactly why uh, Beam's growth and the interest in dental insurance and other employee benefits products like it 
that has gone up in the past year from COVID. You know, if there were two types of benefits before, there were the benefits that stay with a person, like health and dental insurance. Yep. And then there's benefits that stay with the office, like, you know, snacks, free snacks and drinks in the, you know, soda fountain. Which, which then make you have to go to the dentist. Which then, yeah, force more of those cavities to be drilled out. The Those benefits haven't been top of mind for anybody for the past year because nobody's been in the office. And so, and if, and for those companies that aren't going to return to the office or aren't going to, uh, you know, that are going to be increasingly remote or some hybrid version of it, it no longer makes sense to, you know, be selling employees on the gym in the, in the office building uh, because it's going to have lower or no utilization in the future. What makes tons of sense though, is we got you covered on, health, dental, vision, mental health, um, pet insurance, like stuff that stays with the person regardless of where they're located. It's also interesting as a byproduct is that I think a lot of people, dental maybe is, is a case where some people would go, but they don't because they don't have time and others don't go because they literally are like afraid of going to the dental chair. For the most part, I do think that you're gonna see with people not having to be in the office that they literally have the opportunity to go to the dentist, to, to do things more frequently and more timely because the, the time allotment is there. Yeah. So if I'm in a PEPM business, the utilization should go up. The value of it and it being not just the, oh, thanks, I expected insurance. But now it's like, I expected insurance, I got it and I utilize it. Now that makes it almost doubly valuable. Really interesting point. You know, the, the flexibility of a remote first lifestyle allows you to take advantage of benefits differently than before. Yeah, there's no excuse for not going now. If you have, like, I understand that people are working more with the hours being just kind of different. But the reality is like, I can do a morning appointment. I can do an afternoon lunch appointment. I can do a, an early evening appointment. I never could have done that before. It's a, it's a great point. And the other effect that I'm sure we would see in our data if we looked into it is, you know, adults, you know, the employees themselves, um, you know, they probably disproportionately consume dental services near their physical office. Yes. Uh, some Somewhere in my building or, you know, one block away because it's convenient during the workday. It's the only way it would work. It's the only way it would work. And now we may be seeing some, you know, dispersion of dental office visits that are now close to your home because now that's the convenient option. And so that's probably also changing the business model of at least some of the dentists out there. You would think so. I mean, I, I think one of the phrases that I've heard grow a little bit over this pandemic, and I, I certainly uh, subscribe to it, but it's that work global, live local. I like the idea of like, there's a time to go into the hub. There's a time to travel for work. There's a time to just work from home and do your thing. But I can be anywhere. And then all of my life experience stuff is really local. And, and I kind of keep things close to the nest and then can get on a call with you and you're in Columbus and I'm in Glen Ellen and it's fine. You swear we're down the street. Yeah, I, I totally agree that, you know, opportunity, you know, the definition of community is changing. Um, and I think, it, and I think it will, you know, the knock on effects of COVID, many people will return to offices. Many people will return to their old habits, whatever those, those are. Uh, but the nature of community has been changing for a lot longer than just the past year or so. And folks that are looking for uh, a community in their life um, have increasingly found that in their work relationship. 
and their, their relationship with their employer. And I think that's going to continue to be important to people who, you know, used to, I mean, you used to just take a job because you needed to put food on the table for the, for the family. Then people started taking jobs because it was, you know, the type of work they wanted to do or the industry that they preferred to work in or the um, pay package that was attached to it. Now we're increasingly seeing, you know, today's employees choosing to work at a place that aligns with their value system and uh, cultural tenants and the um, mission and vision of the business. And that, that I think is still in its early stages, but COVID has accelerated, you know, is my employer going to give me not just a paycheck and benefits, but also an experience and a community that I'm looking for? I agree with you. I think we could have a whole nother show on just this topic, but the, to me, the next couple of years will be interesting. Companies that are crushing are going to crush. If the, if the CEO runs it like a drill sergeant, it will be what it will be. And you will either be a part of it. You won't be. And that's, it is what it is. But I do think that a lot of these businesses that run that way, unless the pay or whatever mission they're on is so above, it's almost like Elon Musk. Like it's on a level where it's like the expectations are what they are like work or don't. Um, you're going to be in a bit of a land grab where I no longer have to work what's what in front of me. I, I have a million choices and you have to like your focal point as the CEO of a company needs to be as much about your customer as it is about making my life better. And it's not about giving me money and being like, Oh, do the best you can with it. It's like, here's my problem. I got two kids. I got a insurance I need. I've got to take care of them. I've got to have daycare. I've got a dog. We love animals. I want to do this. Like, are you donating on my behalf? Are you helping me live my best life? Because for that, in exchange, I will help you live your best business life. And then, then I can swallow the fact that you make 28 times what I make and that you own the company. And, and I think people will be okay with that if they know that the people that are that, are, that they're working for are like, hey, I'm going to give you the absolute best shot at doing everything that you want in your life. And I'm going to take care of you. I think this, in a really weird way, the pandemic actually kind of pushed that forward in a way where it's like, well, previously I had to like pick it outside of the office to try to get what I wanted. And now I literally just go, me and my 50 friends are just literally going to leave your ass because we have options. And now we have options. It's so much more, and tech's led the way here, of course. Yep. It's so much more sophisticated than the you know labor unions of generations past. Yep. The soft power that exists now amongst the digital workforce of today, you know, developers would be you know the front front uh, line example of this, but other, others exist for it as well. Is I now have leverage on my employer in a way that no other labor force I think in human history has ever had on their employer. Uh, it's always been a very upside down relationship in favor of ownership, you know, or management. Now there's there's real collective action power that exists. And frankly, even as a business owner, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that, you know, if the team comes to me and says, we want X and it's reasonable, we'll do it because they have a certain amount of, you know, latitude and leverage. To and you want the good people to work for you, then you have to yeah. provide. Uh, yeah. So what you guys, you guys are moving, you've been around for a while now. So what is, what is the next couple of years look like for you? I got to imagine right now you're still grabbing market share and kind of educating and, and getting your, your grip into companies that you see 
potentially is not just great for beam dental, but for beam everything. What's the next kind of turn as you get, you know, you look at like the series C and series D you're still racing really fast and profitability is not as much of a concern yet. You're still just trying to get like downstream. Where are you guys at? How does this business turn on and it becomes a, a thing that everybody knows about? Yeah. Well, we think, you know, beam is going to be uh, in, you know, the category winner of, of dental insurance over time, we compete against mostly legacy carriers. Um, and, and very few of them, by the way, are focused on dental. Delta Dental is, they're, they're our biggest competitor. But outside of that, it's mostly companies that are either primarily health insurance companies or life insurance companies that do dental as one of a handful of products that they have. Which is obvious and, in the experience. And, and yeah, you could argue that then therefore kind of distributes. Like, well, it's like any other, you talk about tech, it's like any other business. I think one of the the, if, you, if there was an underlying conversation in almost all my podcasts, it's the, the tech founder entrepreneurs like, I know this is going to sound strange. There's this gigantic behemoth out there and they are moving incredibly slow and almost every customer hates them, but uses despite. Yeah. And so for us, it's a matter of making the economics work for the deciding body. And after that, it's kind of game over. It's funny that the two companies you've said on this on this so far are Salesforce and Epic, which I think both qualify for that exact statement. Salesforce, right? at least, I don't know about Epic's business as much. I know I'm very familiar with Salesforce. They've sponsored us in the past. They at least acquire aggressively constantly. So like even the, some of their biggest competitors, they actually own, if not all, they own a strong portion of. By the way, I think their, their acquisition of Slack, I think is like brilliant. Yeah. I mean, so they, they didn't acquire, but they owned, uh, uh, they were one of the, they might've owned at 1.25% of HubSpot. Like, you know, when they did Tableau for data, like these are just so obvious. And so like in their, in their regard, they actually do manage to keep moving in different directions, but Epic, I can't speak to, but I definitely have read plenty of stories. You know, regardless of anyone's view of Salesforce, we're a customer um, and and use it every day. We are too, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, but insurance is like the place where customer loyalty goes to die. I mean, most companies, you know, most big insurance businesses are not like particularly beloved, you know, their NPS scores are like negative three usually. And so there's a whole, uh, you know, experience up leveling to be done, not just in dental insurance, but just across the board. And, you know, uh, Lemonade in, in renters, they talk about this, you know, front, it's front and center to their business model. And I think very rightly so. And, and, and frankly, lots of others in insure tech. And so, you know, our job over the next couple of years is to really establish that when it comes to dental insurance, when it comes to employee benefits, if you aren't thinking beam first, we need to talk, right? Like you're, you might be screwing up how you're thinking about um, attracting and retaining employees in the modern workforce and our ability to tell that story and uh, back it up in the experience that we then subsequently offer is going to be critical, but we see Beam as, you know, we have an opportunity to build a lasting iconic brand in a $75 billion industry. And to us, that gets us pretty excited about the future. No, it makes sense. Uh, you guys are killing it right now. And I, I think it's, it's a very obvious opportunity. It just, it takes a lot to actually conquer it. It seems like you guys have done a lot of the, the right things. And I, I really, when I th- think about this conversation, I really circle back on that, like, you know, the PEPM can be really difficult. And it can be the thing that like, is, it's a tool that a lot of founders use to raise a ton of money because they can be like, look, like if, 
if in a scenario, 1,000 employees, 10,000, 100,000 employees, we sign just three companies, we have, you know, all this stuff. And then you sort of find out when you're the operator, you're like, shit, we did sign the thousand. No one used it. 16 months later, they, they cut it and we're screwed. And you have seemed to take this as an approach of like, one, you have to trust me, the value is going to be there for your employee. And two, if you like how this works, I've got 15 other products for you. And it, the more, the, as you, I mean, you know this obviously, the more dense your brand is within the, your customer base, the more difficult it is for them to get rid of it. The, the shitty companies focus on how do we not let them get rid of it. The really good companies focus on how do we let them take advantage of it. And it seems like you're doing the latter. That's exactly right. You, you nailed it. And the truest you know, yardstick that we use internally to measure if what we're putting out into the market is working and resonating and beloved by our customer, it really comes down to retention, right? If people love it, they'll keep it. And if they don't love it, they'll find another option because other options exist. There's plenty of other dental insurance businesses out there. And our all-time retention is 100%. So we're, we have, and that's over the course of our oldest contracts are now in their sixth year. So we've got customer history that goes back, you know, long enough that we have a lot of confidence that what we're putting out into the market is absolutely beloved by our customer base. And we're very fortunate and and we feel fortunate to have it, um, but we're still looking to get better every day. And when we look at our company and product, all we see are the problems. So we're, we're running around every day looking for opportunities to improve it even more. But on the other end of that transaction, there's a client and a member that are um, pursuant to their actions, clearly getting something that they really wish they had previously. So we're excited that that's true. Sounds like it. That's awesome. Um, where do people go to learn to learn more about Beam? How do people find, find out about it? The website's beam.dental, which is B-E-A-M dot dental. Um, we have uh, Twitter and Instagram feeds. We hang out the most though on LinkedIn. That's actually where, you know, small, small business owners and um, brokers, that's where they're hanging out, learning about what's going on in, in you know, new products and services for businesses. Um, and so our Beam Dental page uh, on LinkedIn in particular is, is where we post the most content and, and kind of do the most damage there. I hope people check it out. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com.